Thanks for tuning in. This is the midweek devotional for Wednesday, January the 27th. My name is Parker Johnson, and I'm the pastor here at First Presbyterian Church in Bruton, Alabama. If you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come and worship with us on Sundays. We have Sunday school at 9 a.m., and the service is at 10. Let's pray. So, Father, as we turn to your word, to the Gospel of Luke, we ask that you would work in our hearts. We thank you, O Christ, that you came to seek and to save the lost. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, today uh, I want to bring you something from the Gospel of Luke in my Bible reading plan. I'm in Luke right now. I'm actually reading through the Gospel of Luke a chapter today with someone in our church, and we're getting together to talk about it. If that's something you'd ever like to do, uh, let me know. We can get together and talk about God's Word. I want to talk to you out of Luke chapter 18, verse 35, through Luke 19, verse 10. This is the account of the healing uh, and salvation of a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, as well as the salvation of a rich chief tax collector named Zacchaeus. You know, these two are on the far ends of the social spectrum from each other. Uh, Blind Bartimaeus, well, he was, you know, blind, uh, which was seen in that culture as a judgment of God. It wasn't, but that's what people assumed. And apparently he didn't have any family to care for him because he was begging along the roadside. This is one who is an outcast. But on the other end, we, we have a different kind of outcast, but one who had a very rich life. And that was Zacchaeus, who was a traitor, a thief, an extortionist. One who had signed up to help the Romans by extorting his fellow Jews. It's a starking, it is a stark contrast as we look at this text. I love how we have these back to back. Well, where are we in the life and ministry of Jesus? Well, he has been ministering and traveling around in the area called Perea, which is on the east side of the Jordan River. Uh, and now it is time to head towards Jerusalem. He's heading towards Jerusalem. In order to get to Jerusalem, he has to go through Jericho. And that's where we are now. We'll find blind Bartimaeus on the entry into um, Jericho and then Zacchaeus actually in Jericho. Do you remember Jericho? Uh, Perhaps what you remember about it is it was the first city conquered by Joshua and the Israelites, right? Around 1400 um, B.C. as they entered into the Promised Land. They marched around it, and the walls fell down from the inside out. And God led His people into their first victory inside the Promised Land. Uh, But it was not the same kind of city. It's not the same city as it had been before. It had been rebuilt, and it had been built up specifically by Herod uh, into an ever greater city. And it even had a fortress and lots and lots of pools. We actually think this is where Herod probably drowned his own son. Herod was a paranoid paranoid, evil man. Well, in Jericho, he meets these two people. First, we are introduced to blind Bartimaeus. So Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 43. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging, and hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? 
He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Well, as they got close to Jericho, they come across this blind man. Now, we don't have his name here, but we do over in Mark chapter 10. And his name is Bartimaeus. He is known in the Christian world as blind Bartimaeus. He was on the lowest order of the social spectrum. He was on the outside of the city, which is where those who were unclean stayed. He was begging, and so it appears that he had no one to care for him. He was completely dependent upon the generosity of those who were traveling along this road. But it was a good time to beg, because at this time we were coming close to Passover, the upcoming Passover, you know, when Jesus would be crucified on the cross. And so there would have been a lot of pilgrims going through Jericho, heading to Jerusalem. And so it was a good time uh, to get some money from folks who probably were more apt to be generous with their funds. Well, as Jesus and his disciples get close to Jericho, blind Bartimaeus heard the commotion of the crowd. You know, this is a man who is blind and he couldn't see. And so he's asking, hey, what's going on? And so someone in the crowd, perhaps this crowd had come to see Jesus. They, they tell him that it's Jesus of Nazareth. You know, he gets really excited. It seems that Bartimaeus knew of something of Jesus. Uh, he, he knows that he is the Messiah. Um, how do we know that? Well, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The, the idea of the son of David was a key term for the Messiah. And so this is one who sees that the one whom he can't see is indeed Christ, is indeed the promised one who will save God's people from their sins. Isn't it ironic how the crowds are there and would have involved all sorts of different kinds of people, and many in the crowd are blind to who Jesus is, and yet here's this blind man who can see. What does he cry out? He says, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I was reading this passage just a few nights ago to my kids, and Lizzie asked me, what does it mean to have mercy? That's a great question. Don't you love it when kids ask you those kind of questions? You know, for him to cry out, have mercy on me, he is expressing faith in the healing power of Jesus. You don't ask for healing from someone whom you don't believe can heal you. You know, and, and even living in this day and age where we have many great things and cornea transplants, you know, for blindness there's not a whole lot you can do. But for him to cry out to a person whom he knows is the Messiah, to heal him, he is expressing great faith. The crowds, though, they won't have anything to do with it. They, they rebuke Bartimaeus, just like Christ's disciples will rebuke the children as they try to come to Jesus. And so they rebuke him. Instead of helping Bartimaeus and taking him to see Jesus, right? wouldn't that have been displaying faith in Christ? And yet here's this blind man who can't see, who has more faith than these men who can see. They rebuke him. But Bartimaeus, he isn't stymied. Right. I love how the text says, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus hears this time. He stops. And, you, know, you can just see him bringing the others over. Or excuse me, he has the others bring him over to him. You know, essentially, these are the same people who refused, perhaps, to bring him over. Did, did he say, hey, you standing next to that man, bring him over? Will they bring him over? And Jesus asked this, this great question. This great question. He says, 
what do you want me to do for you? Now, this is a, a beggar, a poor man. I mean, he could have asked for money. He could have asked for food. He could have asked for lodging. But what does he ask for? Bartimaeus goes for broke. He asks for healing. He understands that the Messiah is before him and he has the power to do much more than just provide for the next meal. He says, Lord, let me recover my sight. Wow. What faith. What is Jesus' twofold response? See it in verse 42. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight. The first thing is, recover your sight. And just as, just as God the Son spoke the world into existence, and even as He upholds it by the word of His power, according to Hebrews chapter 1, so He speaks sight into this man's life. Not just giving him sight, but completely changing his life forever. Now he can have gainful employment. Now he can live a life that is somewhat normal, right? He can have a family. He can worship. He can go to the temple. Here is one whose life has been transformed. The healing that Jesus brings to him. But there's so much more here. It says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Um... It was just apt, right? Because something, the ESV study Bible points this out. It says, you know, something more than just receiving his sight is going on here. He has received salvation. He's received salvation. In, in Luke, um, the writer Luke is going to use the word uh, healed and saved. And it's the same word. It's the same word, sozo. It's the same word. And he's going to use it interchangeably. And there's a lot going on there. We know that he is sealed, excuse me, <laughs> saved and healed. Um, how do we know that? Well, one, he immediately sees, but two, we find his response. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. Let's see, and I think the Mark version, Mark 10, has it a little more explicitly. Uh, Mark 10, verse 52, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Followed him on the way. Isn't it cool how it's possible that Bartimaeus followed Jesus all the way through Palm Sunday into Jerusalem, right? Followed him on the way. We don't know how long he, he, uh, he followed him, but he, he certainly followed him for some length of time. Now, it's, it seems that he would have followed him right into the presence of the next man that... Uh, that we're going to look at. And that's someone on the far end of the social spectrum. And that's Zacchaeus. That's Zacchaeus. Let me just say before I forget that isn't it amazing how the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is available for all, even as we'll look at this Sunday in Acts chapter 2, as Joel 2 is fulfilled, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? It's available to all. It's a universal call. Um, that the gospel of Jesus Christ brings us into relationships within the church, within the people of God, with people so different from us. You think about our congregation, or if you belong to a different one, think about your congregation. What is the thing that ties you all together? Right? It's not your same sports team. It's not even the same school. Or, or if there are things you share together, that's not why you come together. Why do you come together? It is the name of Jesus Christ. It is what He has done in your life. And we see this with what Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus are about to experience. Bartimaeus has experienced salvation, and, he's about to be, and he is being brought into the people of God. And Zacchaeus on the far end of the spectrum. 
right? These two people whom others wanted nothing to do with are now in the people of God. That's just, that's something to think about. That's something to think about, to gnaw on a little bit. Do, Do our churches look like that? Do our friends look like that? What is our main connection with our friend? But I digress. You know, preachers do that. Uh, Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 1. He entered Jericho, Jesus did. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. Let me just stop there for a second and note, isn't it amazing how he says, on account of the crowd, he could not. He what? He could not see. Blind Bartimaeus, who could not see, has been made well and can see. And now we have Zacchaeus, who was kept from seeing for another reason. So he ran on ahead and climbing up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anything, anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Praise God for that. All right, so where are we? Well, as we get into, Jer- in Jer- excuse me, into Jericho, Luke tells us that Jesus was passing through. He was passing through. And, and we get introduced to Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. Do you remember which one of the 12 disciples was a tax collector? It was, it was Matthew. He was a tax collector. Well, this man would have been like the boss of the region under, in which Matthew worked. See, there's only one of these in Scripture that's recorded a chief tax collector. See, Jericho was uh, the capital city of the tax region for the Romans. Uh, And so Zacchaeus was probably the head tax guy of this broad area. This this meant that he was a very important man, right? Uh, He was over other tax collectors. And he would have been known well by the Romans. He would have been someone you didn't want to mess with. You didn't want to touch him. Everyone knew who he was. But he was also infamous, Right, because he was a Jew, we're told that in verse 9, that he is a son of Abraham. But he was a Jew working for the Romans. And apparently he was so good at it that he had risen to the status of chief tax collector. And apparently he was good at it. He, he's, the text tells us he was rich. Now, do you know the only way for a tax collector to get rich in those days was? Do you know the only way that could happen? It was by stealing. It was by extorting money. And who was he, whom was he extorting? His own ethnic people, the Jews. See, the way it worked is that tax collectors would bid for these positions. Uh, and they would say, hey, we'll collect all the money you want, Rome, and we'll just take, you know, we'll take 1%. Uh, and we'll just take 1% over, you know. Or, or, or somebody else might say 1.5%. And then somebody comes along and says, look, I'll do it for ha- about, what, a quarter of a percent. Who are they going to give it to? The person who bid out a quarter percent. Well, so then that person would go and collect more, and more than the quarter percent. He would return to Rome the taxes he was supposed to collect, and anything above, he got to keep. 
basically they would steal as much as they could get away with. The Romans weren't worried about it. And here was the man who was over all those people. He was very wealthy. It is ironic. His name, according to one commentary uh, by a man named Hendrickson, his name means the righteous one. Now, now isn't that ironic? Well, it seems that Jesus was only passing through Jericho, but there was someone he had to meet first. We find that in verse 3, Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. Was was this out of curiosity? Was he someone who was seeking? But the problem was that he was a short man. A short man. Apparently a, a very short man. And so he couldn't see. And so he did two things that important people did not do in those days. First, he ran. Now, he would have been wearing a, a long robe. And the only way to run in a robe, and, and y'all, I wear a robe every Sunday morning, and, and it, man, I can't tell you how many times I've tripped over that thing. I can't imagine running in it. The only way I could run in it is if I did what? If I hiked it up. Now, the problem was in those days, you didn't expose flesh like that. That was not a dignified thing to do. To show your legs. An important man didn't show his legs in society. But the second is he climbed up in a sycamore fig tree. That's the kind of tree it was. Uh, now, let me, let me ask something. Can you imagine if our state treasurer, whose name I, I meant to look up and I forgot, I forgot to write it down, uh, or maybe our Secretary of State, John Merrill, or Governor Ivey, if you're walking along the way and you look up and, in a fig tree, and, and there, there's Governor Ivey. <laughs> what are you going to do? What, what would you think about that? You might, you might be a little concerned for, uh, what is it people call her? Meemaw? <laughs> for Governor Ivey's well-being. You don't do that when you're an important person. But he did what was necessary. He did what was necessary to see Jesus. That's what Bartimaeus did too, right? He wasn't stymied by the crowds, by the rebuke of the crowds. He, he kept calling out to Jesus. There's an application here somewhere, right? Are we doing what's necessary? To seek Jesus, to follow Jesus. Well, Jesus walks by. He looks up in a tree. He calls up to Zacchaeus. And note two things in this this, um, conversation, or what he says. First, he knows Zacchaeus by name. Isn't that amazing? He looks at him, right? Zacchaeus. How did he know his name? Here's, Here's the Son of God who knows the name of this evil tax collector. Did you know that God knows your name? I love Isaiah 43.1. Isaiah 43.1. We looked at this at the beginning of coronavirus. Um, and it's a really encouraging text. If you're, look, if you're having a bad day, go find the midweek devotional from, it was either in March or April. Uh, 43.1. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Did you know that Jesus knows your name? So he knows, you, knows Zacchaeus by name. The second thing is, he says, I must stay at your house today. Now, didn't we just read that Jesus was passing through? Don't you love that? Jesus had a divine appointment. He was passing through, but he had to stay there because Zacchaeus needed salvation. Well, Zacchaeus is pretty pumped. Um, we read in verse 6, So he hurried down and came down and received him joyfully. But look, other people weren't as excited, right? Why were they angry? Verse 7 we read, And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Well, they could have been upset um, in a petty sense because they hadn't stayed with him. 
with them. He had not stayed with them. Think about this. I mean, if you know that Jesus is coming through, the important people might think, okay, I'll get an audience with this guy. You know, he's going to want to stay with me. Perhaps they had already sent servants to prepare a meal. Even religious people, even, even people who might have been on the periphery of Jesus' followers, you know, someone important coming. It may, it's a big deal when you have someone important in your family, or, or excuse me, that comes into your house. We, don't you know you've been to people's houses and there's a guest book? Why is there a guest book? It's to show off who, who has stayed there. But the bigger reason is they didn't like the fact that Jesus was mixing it up with an evil tax collector. Didn't, didn't Jesus know this man's reputation? Didn't Jesus know what this guy did? Of course. And that just made them all the, all the matter. But, but this is the ministry and mission of, of Jesus. Verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Who is more lost than this man? But Zacchaeus is joyful. And the first thing we see is that he repents. He repents. He promises to give half of his money to the poor and restore to those whom he had mistreated fourfold what he took from them. Y'all, that's a lot of money because he had cheated a lot of people. The Old Testament required either, depending on the situation, either 20% added to uh, what was stolen or double what was stolen as it was restored to the other person. But here he goes well beyond what is required. So he repents and salvation comes to Zacchaeus. How do we know that that Zacchaeus is saved? Well, verse 9 tells us, Today salvation has come to his house, since he also is a son of Abraham. You know, this, this this is the ministry of Jesus. Praise be to God that he came to save lost people like you and me. Well, let's compare, contrast these two guys, and then we'll close. You know, in these two stories, Zacchaeus and Bartimaeus are lost. But they're really quite different from each other. One was on the lowest rung of the social ladder, and the other one was on top. But both were outcasts, and both were blind. One was blind physically, but both were blind spiritually. And they both called out to the name of the Lord, and they were saved. Both looked, (laughs) I use that word intentionally, both looked for Jesus and to Jesus. And the Lord saved and healed both of them. Neither were stymied by those who wanted to keep them from coming. You know, we look at the reactions of the crowds. Right? And the crowds were, were mixed. You had those who were mostly curious, wanting to come out and see Jesus. You, you had others who were like his disciples, and, and those following with him, there was a fairly large crowd that had been following Jesus at this point in his ministry. We're, we're about uh, ten days out, I think, is where I read in my notes earlier. Uh, from his crucifixion, ten days out, we're not far. And then you also have the religious elite. You know, that they had mixed reactions. Some rebuked Bartimaeus. Others rejoiced with Bartimaeus when he was healed. And, and still others grumbled when Jesus was nice to Zacchaeus. But we have to remember where, where he's going. Because this journey, as he passes through Jericho, he won't stay there. Soon he will head to Bethany for a feast with friends, and then on Palm Sunday, he will enter into Jerusalem. Right? Here is the Davidic king, the son of David, the Messiah. He will arrive into his city. His ministry was to seek and save the lost, and that would be accomplished at the cross, at Golgotha, the hill of Calvary, where he would be slain, where he would be um, crucified for you and for me. 
I love what we're going to be looking at this Sunday, Acts chapter 2, in Peter's sermon on Pentecost. He says this, he says, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up. God raised him up. Loosing the pains of heaven because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Praise be to God. Let's pray. So, Father, we do thank you for your love, and we thank you that Jesus came to seek the lost like us. Lord, help us to have an attitude of graciousness, mercy upon others. Um, Lord, help us to love the lost like you love them. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior walked that way, he looked up in a tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house on Tuesday.